0: Every day we wake up and make a fashion statement, whether we like it or not. But who defines what is the correct attire? After years of epic dinner parties, long lunches and boozy brunches, we bring you Shaken and Stirred. Or rather, we are Shaken and Stirred. This is Shaken and Stirred. I'm Nigel Barker and my co-host is Tom Astor who is shaking his drink around as he always does because quite frankly it's rare to see him without a drink in his hand. And uh, you know we wanted to really shake things up today and we have none other than to say a fashion model really doesn't do you justice. To call you a role model is certainly true. You are challenging and changing the face of beauty and from the moment I saw you I knew I wanted to talk to you, I wanted to know you, and I have been incredibly inspired by you. I have Gillian Mercado in, as my guest here on Shaking the Stone. Welcome.
1: Thank oh. you for having me. That's cool. I'm, I'm going to have to bring you along for that introduction everywhere. <laughs> well,
0: I, I would love to come along everywhere with you, <laughs> if you'll have me.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Done.
0: Well, first of all, before we get going, we do have these cocktails in
2: front of us. Tom, what are we drinking? Today, just about the standard gin and tonic, Miller's gin, um, which is Icelandic, using Icelandic water with, uh,
0: and distilled in London, but oh, distilled in London, my old accounts.
2: And gin, gin, famous as we as we now know for the creation of the seventeenth century, designed and developed to aid in a, um, in a uh, PMS in,
0: in 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 women in women. So we're all, we're having this in your honour. Thank you. Because I, uh, I, I was feeling a little PMS actually <laughs> earlier on today. You were. Well, <laughs> Well, I, you know, the, the, every, all these drinks do have a little bit of a history. You know, and gin and tonic, for sure, apparently, by all accounts, created for medicinal reasons, which, by the way, my aunt used to always say when she had her sherry that it was for medicinal reasons. Oh. And then she lived until she was 96, so I, I was totally convinced. <laughs> um, and, um, it, you know, but a gin and tonic, not just is it, was it created for PMS, but when the, the Brits took it to India, they mixed it with tonic, which had quinine in it. And the tonic, just as it sounds, was a tonic that was used to stop people from getting malaria, because the queen in was uh, anti malarial. And so when you combine the PMS with the queen in aspect of the uh, anti malarial, quite frankly, mm-hmm. we should be having one every day.
1: Delicious. Awesome. <laughs> I love it.
0: Gillian. let's get to the cracks <laughs> of things. You are a role model. I mentioned that. You, obviously, we, we are filming our podcast and you can watch Shaken and stirred. But for those of you who are listening in, and you don't know Gillian, Gillian, talk about your your the first moment you decided you wanted to be a model
1: so interesting enough is that when you don't see something representing you it's not in your like frontal view so it's it's not that like i was like one day like i want to be a model i kind of just kind of fell into it um i had the opportunity to uh do a casting call with diesel and at that time I was like, "Oh, I really want to work with a creative uh director at that time, Nicola Formichetti, um who is very well known of creating all the elaborate and memorable Lady Gaga outfits." Um and I was like, "I need to work with that this guy somehow some way." So when I saw the opportunity, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to sign myself up um in this campaign." And 2 weeks later, I got it. Um, and I sh- step
0: back a second. Yes. Okay. You know, yes. Step back a second yes. because, <laughs> you know, I listen, I, I, it, it's one of those things it's, the elephant in the room, call it whatever you like. You have a physical disability.
1: Visible, yes.
0: Visible disability. Visible physical disability. Yes. Visible physical yes. disability. You can see it. You can absolutely, sure, you can see it. Um, you have muscular dystrophy. Correct. This is something which, and I'm, I'm, you have to say all these things out loud, obviously, we're talking about a podcast, but one often feels awkward saying it sometimes, I perhaps one shouldn't. And I want to talk to you about all these things. It's sort of, you know, I think you're remarkable, and I think you are stunning, and I was so overjoyed the moment I saw the campaigns with you in it. And I'm like, thank God, Thank how amazing, how incredible you look. I immediately followed you on Instagram <laughs> and have loved your posts. Super sexy, by the way. Yeah. Uh, oh and God. there's so much <laughs> life in your pictures. And it, so, you know, again, it takes a lot of courage to look at a fashion world. And, you know, I've been in this business forever, 30 years in the, in the fashion world worked on America's Next Top Model for 18 seasons, and we never had anyone Mm -hmm. with a physical disability, let alone a visible physical disability. Mm -hmm. So to see someone like yourself finally out there representing is groundbreaking. So go back now and talk about this, (laughs) because you must have been a little girl at some point when you looked and thought to yourself, I want to be a model, like so many kids do.
1: Well, see, okay, so, okay, if we're going to go back then, um, I when I was younger, I used to collect magazines. So like Vogue, W, V, at the time, Cosmo Girl, all of them, you name it, I was collecting them. And I think the fascination of the fashion industry interested me so much. It's somewhere that I got to be creative and free and even the most elaborate, like, imaginary things that I can think of, the fashion industry would do it. And I can see that in the magazine. But... As far as, like, do I see myself represented, it didn't click to me until I went to college at FIT, um, which is Fashion Institute of Technology in New York, um, where I was like, how come I really don't see any single person, not even in the modeling world, but in the media, period, that looks like me, knowing that there's one billion of us throughout the world and not one person has made it to, like, the levels of, like, like, in my mind, I was like...
0: Any levels. For, for, yeah. <laughs> not, not just the level. No. There isn't a level.
1: No, there I mean, is there, no one. There's no
0: level at all. There's no bar. No. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It's not that it's a low bar. There's no bar. Yeah. In other words, you can't get to the bar. You know, you were the first person, pretty much. I mean, there have been people with physical disabilities right. of some sort, people who have amputees and what sure. have you. But, there, but it's it's not the same thing anyway.
1: Yeah, correct. So... For me, you know, I, I knew Amy Mullins, who uh, Alexander McQueen hired to be in her, I think, in, uh, editorial in Vogue and also in her in his catwalk um, during Fashion Week. And that was great. But I thought, OK, now now what? That's all that people know that ever happened with somebody with a visible disability. But that's it. No one else. So I saw that gap and I was like, what, what do I what can I do to like shake things up? Literally shake things up and you know You like
0: shaking things up on shaking things <laughs> up. We're all about shaking it up and stirring it up.
1: Exac exactly. Oh my god, exactly. So I was like, how can I shake this up? And literally like Can I curse?
0: You could curse away.
1: Okay. <laughs> how can I fuck up the situation even more? So Thank you for asking.
0: <laughs> I wish it's my I wish my I wish, I wish no, my children mean. would do the same thing. It was a rhetorical question.
2: <laughs> we try and answer it.
1: So um so, you know, going going for what I said before, when I saw this opportunity of, you know, of a casting call, I was like, well, I I have to put my name in it. I'm not sure if I'm going to get it. It's a worldwide call, so it could be a million of people. But I know that I have something different.
0: And what did you think that was? I mean, did you, I mean, you, you know, are you banking? You're playing on your disability? Do you thought that was going to be helpful? I mean, I'm being really, I'm playing devil's I, advocate here. No, 100%. just to throw it out there.
1: No, I didn't. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but there was something in me that was like, okay, first of all, I'm a very stubborn person and I'm a very, very determined person. So when I want something and I see that it's going to like, not only help myself, but help like millions of people, I like dive first, like head first towards it. So I was, you know, I'm I've very much in the industry because I've been so far for 10 years in the industry, but I've only been contracted for three. So- Were I, you modeling that whole time? So yeah, So no. I was actually I wanted to be an editor at a magazine, so I did a lot of internships with like a lore magazine. And that's
0: because you couldn't didn't think you could be a model.
1: No, because I that's what I literally I wanted to be an editor in chief. Okay, so you magazine. wanted
0: to be an editor in chief. You yes. became an editor in chief, or an editor of the magazine.
1: Well, you start off as an editor, and then you get your way up.
0: Did, did you make it to that point, or you just no? Changed?
1: I I made it to the editor part, and then that's where this modeling came kind of stopped me in my ways, and I switched my thought and career.
0: It's amazing, really. I mean, if you put your mind to things, I mean, that's what it's all about to some extent. But I I can only imagine, because I can't imagine really, because, you know, everyone's career is different. I feel like I've been very lucky and certainly people say to me, I want to do what you did. I want Mm -hmm. to be a photographer. How can you help me? What can I do to have your career? You can't have other people's careers, Mm -hmm. right? You can only ever have your own story. Mm -hmm. You know, and your story is unique. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wonder, for example of the stigma you've faced in this industry, an industry which is basically, you know, being considered for the longest time as all about perfection, Mm -hmm. you know, and do you consider yourself perfect or do you consider yourself as some of your imperfections and all of those sorts of things?
1: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, according to the world, I'm very imperfect, completely imperfect. Like there's nothing about me that's perfect By the way, if
0: you break up the word imperfect, what do you get? I'm, I'm perfect. perfect. Sorry, go amazing.
1: on. <laughs> I'm just going to write that down.
2: <laughs> just, honestly, I think also, I think it just occurred to him rather amazing. I think that was just one of those flashes of like,
0: Nigel. Wait a second. <laughs>
2: I'm perfect. Actually, actually, you know, all, these, all, the, all these years God. people are <laughs> telling
0: me I'm imperfect. And in fact, what they meant Secretly. was, is, I am perfect. Mm, there you go.
1: Smart. Um I don't even know where I was going <laughs> <laughs> sorry
0: you were you, you you were you were talking about your you know the feeling the, the the concept of of
1: oh go ahead no finish your sentence
0: no, i'm saying you you were feeling specific you know the, the big conversation here is stigma mm-hmm. and 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 the stigma you are um you must have been affected by getting involved in this industry and what does that feel like for you how's that going?
1: um well you know i think you know like I said before, my stubbornness being Latina, which is like w- women who are Latinos are very strong. They're very like go-getters. Um, and I'm a New Yorker born and bred, so.
0: And we're, we're recording this at Univision. So I've, I've, I have actually experienced a little bit of the stubborn Latina. Just a touch. <laughs> I'm not talking about my producer. My
2: now, and all the men here just check their phones. See if my mother's a text as well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not bad. <laughs> Wish they probably did. Yeah, nice. No, I think I, I have like five text messages from I my mom joking. already. <laughs> um, so all that combined, I think that has definitely helped me get where I am. I even, even like, even going going before being in the industry, just applying to a fashion school like FIT was very difficult for me as well because I was the only one in a wheelchair throughout the whole building, which we have five, I think, buildings at, at school. So you know, I knew that I was like getting myself in the fire, but it was, again, it was somewhere so I why, felt So
0: why is that? It can't be that people in wheelchairs or people with physical, visible physical disabilities, <laughs> it's like a tongue twister, um, aren't applying to go to fashion school. Oh, they are. So why are they not getting in? What is the reason here? Is there discrimination then as well? I
1: mean, there's a lot, it's a lot to do. There, there's like It's the whole fact that, you know, this whole world has been brainwashed that people who have disabilities aren't worth anything, mm. period. So, um, you know, it's a it's a lot of like self. I don't even know how to explain it, but confidence and I guess yeah, and and the fact that they think that the world is not there to accept them, which could be true. So I guess what I'm
0: trying to get to then is is where do you get your strength from i mean you know from an inspiring standpoint how you know how are you different what made you that one person in the entire year that was in the wheelchair that got in and was you know you talked about a billion people yeah. earlier who have you know visible physical disabilities Therefore, yet you're the only one. So that if just the math on that alone suggests that, that obviously there are all these people that would love to be doing things, certainly in the modeling industry, you are the only one I can think of, who is in a wheelchair, who is doing the campaigns that you're doing on, on the level, that just the numbers don't add up. And obviously it's a great thing that you're changing this, but what, what, what makes you different?
1: Right. So I think it's a lot to do with privilege of living in a city like New York City. It has to do with having a very strong mother who did not, like, no was not an answer. She was like, you know, I'm not going to be alive forever, so you're going to have to, like, you know, live your life on your own. If you can't, like, wash this dish, well, you're going to have to figure out a way how to wash it. So I grew up like that, very, like, you know, doing everything on my own. Um, And it also had to do with I worked my ass off. I worked day and night. I had two internships at the same time while going to college. I, you know, I went to the events and I got to meet people, you know, when they were not working. So I socialized a lot, which I'm really, really good at socializing, apparently, which got me to where I am. So that's
0: where we met at a party. My
1: my charmed work. <laughs> um, but it's about working day and night and not only believing that you can do it, but actually doing it. And, you know, I think that I have that gift.
0: You certainly I do. I mean, you there. you're definitely gutsy and you have that, you know, I can do it you know mentality regardless i mean heck i try to take your coat off uh, Yeah, i was just trying to be chivalrous and you looked at me and said no i can do it and i was like oh okay sorry and i felt immediately oh, didn't felt say like that quite you know you know i'm prone to
2: a little bit of exaggeration yeah, but what you did say next was quite amusing. was i'd like taking women's coats off which that was the bit where that wasn't did meant to be that? weird did you hear that, that was i was just okay. saying <laughs> I mean,
0: anyone's okay. coat off. i would help <laughs> someone with their coat yeah, it's okay
2: <laughs> sorry, sorry,
0: can we move Chivalry on. should not move be on. dead. <laughs>
1: That's true. But That's it's true.
0: also a question of just opening doors for people. But is that, I have a, is that, there's something in that. So the fact that you are so sort of headstrong and determined to make a difference and to live your life, um, does that also get in your way?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. My love life is dead because of that. Because I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a very like intimidating person. But intimidating in like the bad way, not intimidating in the good way. I see myself intimidating in the good way, but others. Think I know. I think
0: it's, my... it's it's also good. I don't know if you know, there's just a lot of weak men out there because I, I see the pictures on Instagram. And I've, I've actually scrolled through and gone, my God, look at this picture. <laughs> look know. at that shot. There I'm you are like, on the my heart
1: red like this table already? <laughs> <You're> like, <no. laughs>
2: Seriously. Well wow. <laughs> but from the, from the from a judge on America's next top
0: model,
1: you know. I know that. Great, How I won I... I won I won the competition
0: now. Yeah, you certainly have. You've certainly won that competition. So you're in this world, you've been the face of diesel, you've worked for Nordstroms, you've done target commercials. Yes. You know, you're to some extent now you're becoming a celebrity. You know, so there is, you know, what one wants this, you know, we we hope to make changes in the industry, and yes, it's great to become, to, to to make it to the top. But it's not about just your success, right? It's about changing this business for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, and so how does how do you – do you have an idea, a plan for that, that You know, or what you can do other than just doing what you're doing?
1: I'm talking about it. I think that I – now that I have like a platform and a voice and – I mean – and by voice I mean that social, me, social media is around, you know, and people follow me and they, they look at the things that I do. So I try to set the example and also try to, you know, talk and – talk to people who are considering of doing something but they're too afraid because they have that like brainwash that other people might not accept them, which could be true, which I have had a, tons of situations where, you know, I'm in a room with someone and people won't do, you know, won't give me the job or won't give me the opportunity because they just glance at me for first sight. I remember like signing up for internships when I was in college and going into the internship and seeing the first reaction, I would know if I, were gonna get, if I was going to get the job or not. Um,
0: what are castings like for you as a model? When you go in, do they know you're coming and they know that you're coming in a wheelchair? Is it, it's all prepped?
1: Some do and some don't. Uh, my agency likes to bring me to castings where they don't know that I'm in a chair. And sometimes they know, so they request specifically for me to go. But um, it's... It's interesting because I'm in a room filled with like Amazonian models, and then there's me. (laughs) Sure. Hi, guys. (laughs) Um, And what do the
0: other models do? How do they treat you?
1: I've never had a horrible situation. I mean, it's not the most fun thing to do for isn't, anyone. Isn't that the perfect so.
2: opportunity? I mean, how I don't know how high your chair goes, but isn't mm-hmm. this the moment where you can just slightly take... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so slightly... So it's I, raise it's your chair to six foot I know it's called eye level, but isn't this the moment you just go kind of like a little bit above eye level? You know?
1: <laughs> I would feel like a transformer at that <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, um, I mean, I don't know. I try to put myself in, in, in situations where it's not even... A challenge for me, but also a challenge for other people. So you know, either conversations could start, but they c- or they can like start thinking like, "Huh, this is refreshing," or "Huh, this is interesting. I wonder, you know, whatever."
0: And and have you had bad situations in these scenarios where you go to a casting and someone is just just not having it? Because I'm asking in large part, because oh, yeah. I also know, for example, even with models like, you know, Naomi Campbell, back in the day when there were very few African-Americans, if, if any, black models, period. Well, they uh, their minds up works. immediately. You know, well, well, I remember, you know, this great story of Christy Turlington refusing to do the Dolce & Gabbana uh, campaign, unless they also hired Naomi at the time, who was doing extremely well, but wasn't doing certain campaigns, because she was black, and they just weren't booking black women. Mm. And um, she put a foot down and said, well, I'm not going to do it either, then. She's my friend, and I think we need to have proper re- representation. And and, you know, and, and it made a difference, of course, dodging about I can't get enough of Naomi Campbell okay. now and she's the face of them and has been for 20 odd years. Yeah, so sometimes it requires those sort of moments, but the industry can be very difficult and very ugly.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So have you experienced any of that or is the industry really changed?
1: No, no, no. There's, I mean, there's been situations where I've been considered to be a um, charity case. Um, there was a time that I went somewhere, and this lady thought that I was a Make-A-Wish Foundation person. Um, and I was like, "No, I'm here to, you know, do what everybody else is doing oh, here." Sure. Yeah, and she was like, it, she was confused and didn't understand what I was saying, and was like, "Oh, well, what's your name?" And I gave her my name, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, you're Jillian." I'm like, "Yep." That's me, not the Make-A-Wish girl, um, which was very awkward and frustrating at the same time because she assumed before you know, she heard my name.
0: And I have, I have actually granted many wishes for Make-A-Wish, and they do incredible work. Do. And, and it's been a lot of fun working um, with many of these girls. But it, 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 you know, the reality is, too, is se- several of the girls who I've worked with on Make-A-Wish have actually gone on to model as well and have have had these sort of little careers in in the modeling industry Mm -hmm. and and look the modeling industry is very very tough no matter who Mm -hmm. what why or when right so it's it's a very fickle business it's mostly you know flash in the frying pan type of of work because it happens fast people grow up and they want to do other things Mm -hmm. other interests come Mm -hmm. along and the industry changes its look and feel but this is bigger than a look or Mm -hmm. a style this is you know, you are a person with a physical disability, and needs to be represented. And and the, I think that there there have been changes in the industry. What is the next? What is the biggest change you would like to see?
1: Honestly, more people like myself. I think. How though? I mean, it's not. It's honestly not that hard. It takes. It, it's. It's not like there is nobody out there who wants to feel represented. I mean, and you see it. You see it in a lot of commercials now that I see. I mean, Target is doing it. Does a great job of always representing everybody in their commercials or whatnot, which is amazing. But honestly, just it doesn't even have to be someone who has a visible disability, but just having more representation. I think that we need that a lot.
0: So I'm, I'm listen. I 100% agree. But I'm gonna I'm playing devil's advocate Please, in some of these I questions to get these answers out because I feel like the world needs to know yeah. 100%. And I, I certainly, for example, on top model when we did our full figured. For yes. goodness sakes, full-figured modeling, as if that was a, a, you know, a, a good idea. Obviously, it was a brilliant idea, you know, but it was new, sort of revolutionary at the time. They're like, what do you mean? There, there's no such thing. You, know, it's, you have to be a sample size. So going back to the sample size yeah. idea, the designers will argue that they make things in a certain size because they can't afford to make them in more than one size, sure. right? So you know we make them in a size four for a girl who's five foot nine who has a shoe size that's a nine and there are all these rules so and and, and arguably if to, in all fairness it, the designers you know it can be expensive for a young designer to think of i'm going to make this and this tiny size this and the massive size this and this size this and that size versus i'm going to make it in this one size and and you know when at the same time we, we're looking for representation we want people to have to, to be represented so you know what is, should the designers be doing and what is fair in your in your m- mind
1: i mean i don't want to sound like a horrible person but then we should find the money to to get those sizes no, i absolutely. i honestly don't see the excuse of you know i can't afford it being an excuse because you know, we can find money for millions of other things, you know. And if it's just to like find someone who can manage your money and budgetize and, or have someone else, you know, what are they called? Like those people that give money to companies. Oh, investors. investors. Investors, for investors. sure. Investors. Then we're going to have to work harder. But I think it's unfair to say that money is a situation where we don't do it.
2: Well, there is no, you, What you're saying is there is no excuse.
1: Yeah, there's no, no excuse. No. Just work a little harder.
0: But, and also, so there also needs to be potentially, potentially different clothes made as well. I mean, it's, it's, an, in, it's an interesting problem that it crosses so many different levels of the industry. And it's not just whether you've got a disability or not, right. but it's also color issue. It's also size issue, and it's also height issue. And then, interestingly enough, I mean, not that it's really ever mentioned when it mm-hmm. comes to male models, mm-hmm. but there is no such thing as a plus-size male model as far as I know. You know.
1: We have two in IMG Models. Well, do you really? Yeah.
0: Male Models.
1: Male Models. Well,
0: fantastic. You see, <laughs> I mean, this is a new thing that's happening. It but it's, is. But it two, is. right? This is, yeah. again, this is uh, yeah. how interesting it is. It's sort of, you know, and one becomes, can become the token. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you are sort of, you know, you're the token big guy. You're the token black guy. You're the token this guy, that token guy. Token me. Token yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I remember even myself as a model back in the day in the late 80s, I wasn't allowed to tell anyone. My agents would specifically tell me, don't tell anyone you're from Sri Lanka. You won't get booked if you're Sri Lankan or Indian. There isn't a Sri Lankan or Indian modelling. That doesn't happen. That's not a thing. You have to be Latina. You have to be Hispanic. You can be mm. European. So when you, you
2: so when you said you were from Turkmenistan, it didn't really help. That did not. Oh, I thought that was That's somewhere in Europe. That's why he quit
0: his career when he was twenty. Was that was well, Kazakhstan? Actually, <laughs> it was that Kazakhstan. Did it. Sorry, you know,
2: unfortunately. Yeah, that was bad.
0: Bad advice. You know, but no. But, but joking aside, you know, there is the, 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 the industry's always had these issues, um, and it's something that we I've struggled to help knock down these walls since the get go because I can't stand these sorts of discrimination. I just wish
1: I knew who was the one who set these standards.
0: Well, that's an interesting thing. So who? who let's point some fingers, shall we? You know, Because one of the, the, the main people to blame, and I, you know, people often say, well, you know, the magazine editors, the designers, the photographers, you know, and there is a, there's some truth to that. But at the same time, they are also catering to an audience. And if the audience demands one thing, you know, you're more likely to get that. And so it, what I'm saying, I'm not blaming women.
1: Mm-hmm. But I am
0: blaming men and women for not sometimes getting up there and saying, "No, I want to be represented." And I think it is because of people like you well, who say, "I need to be represented." That, that that as a result, we're seeing people like you.
1: It's also fear too, because I remember like when I was like, "Well, Jill, well, for example, when the Diesel campaign dropped, you know, I had to decide: Do I want to continue to you know go my dreams as being an editor, kind of being in the background where like nobody really would see me, or should I take this opportunity and go, okay?" How about getting signed to an actual agency? That's gonna, I really you want know? to
2: ask you why you stopped. That why you switched when you became editor, especially in light of this current question of like who makes the decisions,
1: right? Then. And and you know I and the outpour of messages that I got from that campaign, it, I believe it went viral. If I'm not mistaken, um, because it has it, it was never done before. You
0: know, it, you know it did. Know you it went did. viral.
2: <laughs> did, did you do it out of personal choice or did you do it for effect for the billion All other... of the above.
1: I did it for everything. I did it like, whoa, okay, I just got the golden ticket on like how to really, really, really shake things up here. And also, I did it, my first job was a diesel campaign. Like, how bloody cool is that? My, I was shot by Ynez and Venu, which are like. The whole
0: thing is major.
1: Major. Ma- I remember going on set like freaking the hell out because Aneza- Aneza Vanu, it's like if you shot it, like what? Crazy. So I took that opportunity and I was like, OK, well, you know, it's not about me anymore. It's about a bigger message, that, you know, something that I've been you know, contemplating and thinking, like, how can I? Because the reason really why I wanted to become an editor was to hire people who were different in the magazine and profile them in the magazine so I would write for them to them and give them that opportunity but then when I got the opportunity to be that face I'm like the heck this is way cooler than I expected because I honestly didn't think that any was anyone would take me serious as being a model so my thing was to be a fly on that wall in every cool event and represent that until I got the opportunity to you know write that book for other people and, and allow them to be part of the conversation because nobody was doing it at the time. Can I,
2: can I ask at this yeah. point, not knowing, who, who was responsible for, your, for you getting that, I mean, whether it was you, or for getting the diesel? How did it come about? How did it land in your lap as well?
1: Um, yeah, uh, so how I met Niger as well, I met Nicola at a party and we were talking about our love for dogs for two hours um, which I'm very passionate right. about because I have two dogs, and um, I'm a ba- and I'm a barker, <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically oh, how we met.
0: <laughs> boom, boom.
1: Didn't? Yeah. Sh- oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh God,
0: so good at those. Oh. I, every, we have to have at least one of those every single <laughs> episode of Shaking the <laughs> Tree. Sorry, go ahead. It's
1: okay. Um, so um, we exchanged like information on social media, and I saw I just saw a posting that he says that he was going to. Um, it was like a submission like to submit yourself to this campaign. Yeah. So that's how I started. Yeah, go So I did. So I guess when he I don't know how the how it worked, but I guess when he saw my name on the thing, he's like, Oh my god, that girl who, you know, I was talking with to dogs about, cool. Right. And I get and apparently he's seen like my, my work before and he's seen me around town, which I used to go a lot to parties. So <laughs>
0: what is the ultimate campaign you'd like to do?
1: Oh my god, so many. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, something something like Dolce & Gabbana would be amazing or like Miu, Miu something like high high high. Like high fashion that nobody nobody would think that would be possible. You know?
0: I think anything is possible for you. I don't think that anything is is not possible. I think you are you're really are you know, breaking the mold and saying actually no, I can do this. And it's incredibly exciting. I can tell you. I talked to my nine-year-old daughter, who is, you know, loves fashion, wants to be a model, mm-hmm. and I described all That's the guests. Gorgeous. Have, thank you. But she's a, she's a, she's a good girl, you know, and she's a sweet child, but she's also, you know, very honest, incredibly honest with me. And it's one of the most wonderful things about a child, right, is their honesty. And you know, I asked, I told her about all the guests, and you know, to be fair, she doesn't know who most of them are because they're, you know, they're not the right age for her, but. When I mentioned your name, she was like, Oh, I'd love to meet her. Oh. You know, you were the one girl, the one person I was having on that she reck- no. knew that loved and wanted to have a, You know, she oh. knew of a few others,
2: but she. Yeah, I can vouch for this as well. I almost got, almost got sort of cross about not being, basically, not being allowed to come down here this week to meet you. Oh, no. Yeah. So, that you
0: are, so there are people out there, like for example, like my daughter, who is growing up in a world which is very different from the one I grew up in where you know people like yourself with a visible physical disability are being shown in campaigns that is not unusual for her. Where, and, 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 for example, you know, whether it's also people who are transgender, mm-hmm. people who are full-figured, people who are Sri Lankan, people who are Indian, people who are bald, people who have whatever. It's about the sort of true beauty coming through and that role model aspect, which is a very unique time Mm-hmm. and I think you know there are going to be skeptics there are going to be people who are going to
1: fight it oh I'm ready he didn't
2: mention red hair just then
1: by sorry that.
0: well gingers too there's I mean, a to very few gingers a he's Lanka. like here we go, mean, go again <laughs> have you somebody else, he's not actually a true ginger <laughs>
1: Look at his eyelashes. Genius, I think. What about thank the you, I think thank, you, hell. thank you? Thank yeah,
0: you. Because you can tell because they're you. luminous. They're sort of glowing
1: in the dark. He bleaches his, eye, his eyelashes. I do know that they're like
2: that normally. That's. It's, I think someone once referred to this colouring as um, genetic goldmine. Anyway, sorry. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. We're well, not bad. Isn't that? that? Yeah, I'm going to go it. with that. I'm, gonna, it. I'm, it. Gonna, I'm just going to sit here. Anyway. Okay.
0: So major campaign like 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 Dolce and Gabbana. We want to do Dolce and Gabbana. If you're listening.
1: Hi. This is what we
0: we need, Jillian. You know, parties. You go to parties, you're yes. a big socialite. You are a socialite, honey. I see you at these <laughs> parties. I'm, I I look at you everywhere. I'm like it reminds me of when I was but I wanted to go to You go to all the coolest parties. Is that a lot of fun?
1: Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. I mean, as you know, these parties are like a How re- family are they? Re- oh, very. They're so important. Well, for me, I I'm on. It sounds funny to say a lot, but I, I get awkward sometimes when I meet someone like on the street or like a job interview or whatever. But like at parties, everybody's like, you know, out of work. They're just like chill. They're not really thinking about anything except like having fun. And that it's all about energy. And that energy is so beautiful to have. Um, so I show up everywhere. Met bull. Oh, OK. First of all. I have been waiting for my invitation for years for the Met Ball. Why? Because here, I'll tell you. Met Ball has stairs to go in, right? These like amazing, beautiful stairs going down. Yes,
0: absolutely. Crazy stairs.
1: would I go on the stairs, right? But I got the solution. I want to go to the Met Ball with like the most craziest outfit, like a gown that like reaches all the way down, if I, like the Rihanna dress, the yellow Rihanna yep. the dress, yes, with a chair that floats
0: Okay, and does that exist?
1: I don't know, but we're gonna make it happen. Oh. Tesla, if you're hearing me, let's do this. Together. I, Elon Musk to the rescue! <laughs> yes. Wow, well, on <laughs> <Yeah, space laughs> once, once he's
0: once minute. once not too I mean, rockets. I think it'd be a collaboration. Hovering great
2: chair, the glide, hovering a, chair. or gliding, the gliding, the hoverboard.
0: So, no, it I mean, that's it would be amazing. The, the hover. The, would yeah. you accept people helping you up the stairs, carrying you up the
1: stairs? It has it? to be a show. It has Absolutely. to be like I'm sitting on a throne, like, like Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Exactly. I can see it now. <laughs> oh my god! It has to be a like a showstopper show.
0: Well, I think Anna Winter should be listening to this and should hear, and hopefully this will get through to her and <laughs> to the people who help her pick the people, the invitees, <laughs> because you need to be there. Um, let's talk about getting it wrong in fashion. You know, mm-hmm. fashion mistakes. You know, there there are people. You know, the fashion industry is very judgmental, mm. uh, and. Certainly when it comes to even the Met Ball, even when Anna Winter decides on a theme, there are lots of people who are going to criticize it and people who are going to translate it too um, and potentially get it wrong. Uh, Do you see that, do you find that certainly for yourself when people design, do they design things wrong for you for the style and the look?
1: Um, As far as, what do you mean?
0: I'm I'm talking about, for example, you know, that are are inappropriate for you. In the, in the way that the design, the ways.
2: that anyone ever made you a dress that you didn't like, I think he's trying to say. Is that what you're. No.
0: No.
1: No. But I do, what came to my mind is that there is not um enough clothes that are accessible
0: well that's what i mean kind oh, of
1: okay <laughs> well i guess
0: i'm talking about like things that are wrong like people should be making clothes you know, perhaps that are accessible for you to right. wear that, that actually fits you that would be for you <clears throat> that would work in a wheelchair or they, they just get it wrong they give you something that you can't wear like a designer you go and do the thing they, they've picked you to be the model and it's you know not going to work whatsoever they just haven't thought it through
1: yeah, so that's, that's something else that I'm, I'm very vocal about um, now and, and talk about a lot in my social media is that there isn't, like, people who have disabilities are not put into consideration when designing clothes at all.
0: That's what I was trying to say. Okay. It's awkward yeah, yeah. to say okay. these things. No, Sometimes it. it's hard. Well, I'm just, you know, you one tries to awkward. say, I know I shouldn't, but I, I'll just be completely honest with you. you know, I mean, not
1: with me. I go full on. Right. The most awkward thing. Well, I sometimes I
0: try to too, and, and trust me, anyone who knows me knows I can be very blunt. But at the same time, I'm also trying to find the words, or trying to oh. find the way yeah, of right. saying it. But it's not always as easy as it sounds, and you know. But but yes, that's what I'm trying to get at. I mean, ultimately designing a, an outfit that's right for you and people make fashion mistakes but i for example have been put in things too that are just you know absurd absurd because someone wants to make you indian mm-hmm. or they want to make you sri lankan Mm-mm. and they sort of give you the garb and they think they're doing it and you're like well Mm-mm. i'm not really that's not right and that kind of thing you know where yeah. it's sort of a wrong like a mistake so anyway you'd like to see this changed and there'd be more um sort of specific cuts
1: a consideration at least mm-hmm. i think that um I think that a lot of people don't think that we have the buying power to buy clothes, which is crazy. A billion people. <laughs> I know. Mm. <laughs> we don't have Even money. Even if everyone I guess. put a one dollar in, I mean, that, I mean know. that's a billion dollars yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, designers just don't, you know. And there's so many people who have disabilities that have trouble putting clothes on every single morning, and they need help from other people because there isn't clothes that can help them you know, as simple as putting your jeans on, it ta- for me personally, it takes me at least 30 minutes to put a pair of jeans on. If they're skinny jeans, that takes me even more. So I have to wake up. I, I wake up like an hour before I go somewhere just like any regular person. But then I have to like add on how much time is going to take me to dress myself because, you know, the clothes that I have personally weren't meant for me. Um, and so, and and I know that there's a lot of people out there who would love to live independently, who would love to like not be so naked in front of a stranger, but they have no choice but to do so.
0: So, forget about getting it wrong, then, which we okay. sort of tried to, which I messed up on Sorry. the question because I refused to sort of deal with it properly. I should have done it's head okay. hit it head on. What about people who get it right? And who's getting it right?
1: So there's there there is a few people now who you know. I don't know if I had anything to do with it. I don't know if you know, just there's a lot of people out there who have taken, you know, to social media or Twitter for matter of fact, people are using Twitter correctly, although sometimes there's Who are we talking um, about? Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <is a> brilliant <laughs> moment by the way. Mm. This is a real
2: moment, to kind of. I love it
0: how you got all political on this, too. It's fantastic.
2: <laughs> I know I love the idea that Nigel was struggling <laughs> in a minute ago but trying to say something and now you, are. I mean, this is No Spin it out, come on. I
1: mean, we have a flag right in front of our face, so it's kind of it kind of. Anyway. We have the
0: British and American flags in front of
1: us. I am on the British side, I guess.
0: <laughs> Enough said.
1: Anyways. <laughs> I'm like, Wait. You see
0: how sometimes we lose our words uh. <laughs> when we're trying to say the right thing. Um, the politically correct thing.
1: I, okay. Okay. Touche, my friend. Touche. Yeah, I you both as oh as
2: as as I, think, I think having my job much easier just sit here listening. Another <laughs> <laughs> <a> drink, Jeeps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you do need another drink. I know. Man,
2: God,
0: do say that. So what who gets it right?
1: Sorry. Okay. So there is a community of people on um, Twitter that I've been blessed to, if I have questions, even about my own disability, to ask and say... What do you think is appropriate to say, you know, in an interview? I got these opportunities to be to, you know, publicly be on interviews and, and do things that a lot of people are going to hear, so I want to get it right. Um, there's a few people, for example, uh, Tommy Helfiger has uh, did a line of adaptive uh, clothing for kids and just now did one for adults.
0: And that's what they call adaptive clothing.
1: Adaptive clothing, yeah. So you adapt and Anyways, um.
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, I think it's all important to talk about these things too because people need to know what's out there and where to go. I mean, from an educational standpoint, you know, just hearing the words and knowing where to go. Which who are the designers? I mean, let's give people a shout out. Is it? Does Tommy Hilfiger still have this collection? Is it? Yeah. It's a current line that mm-hmm. he has out, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, so great. And so, and, and how does that work? What does it? What do they look like? And are they? Is it a good collection? Do you enjoy shopping it?
1: So basically, what makes something adaptive? It's it's easier to come off or put. On. Um, so, for example, his collection, he has a lot of like, okay, like it's if you've been to like Broadway shows and the turnaround of outfits, it's all like how quick they can remove an outfit and how quick they can put it back on. Um, so, that's, you know, it's trying to make people who may not have the mobility of, you know, putting on a button, um, make it easier for them to put on a button, which can just be literally putting magnets or Velcro or, you know, things that tug so it's easier to like you know tug <laughs> um but little things like that make a whole huge difference and it cuts your time on getting dressed by like 5 minutes
0: right no sure um, and every minute counts and who else yeah. so we've got Tim, Tommy
1: okay and we got Nike Nike came out with a shoe a couple of years ago that it's it's it looks like a a, a Nike, it looks like a regular shoe like they have but there is like this whole contraption this whole like velcro thing that you just put your feet in. You don't have to do anything. You just plop your feet on it and then close it like a book and then you have a shoe.
0: So that's one shoe by Nike. Yeah. One collection from Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> yes. And who else?
1: <laughs> that I know of. This is it. This
2: is it. Can I ask a question? Do yes. you think before... This is it. Wait, before wait, is before it? they go out of fashion, skinny jeans, they're difficult enough to put on, <laughs> you know, if you've got a disability or whether you haven't got a disability. Yeah, facts. Do you think they wouldn't anyone is it possible to invent the adaptive skinny <laughs> jean before they go out of fashion please
1: again? someone hit me up because I was I love skinny jeans but uh, they're impossible to put it, on yeah
2: well go yeah, I'm just wondering they're if the that's, worst I'll you put, let you, you know you should chuck that out there i like, let you
1: know. yeah. uh, let me know if you figure it out too yeah,
2: I'm trying I'm thinking the mind yeah, is going I have you know. a couple
1: ideas so uh, oh. I think that's the even the other fascinating part is that anybody who has a disability, and like if a designer, designer is like, "Well, I do want to do adoptive wear, but the money or mm. we don't know what to do, then hire people, yeah, then hire have you people ever con- Have you
2: considered
0: consulting or I'd love
1: to. I would. No one has a person yet.
0: People need to hire you, Gillian.
1: There's a whole list of things so, that people need to contact me for. I'm sure they show. do. What
0: about Target and Nordstrom? Who you, mm. you've worked? Oh, sorry.
1: For. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Um, oh my god. How can I forget? Uh, Target definitely has a line called Universal Brand. I think it's called. I I may don't quote me on that one. But um, I but know Target, it's Universal. But Target is but a Target place you can go. As well, has adaptive clothing and
0: Nordstrom as well.
1: I don't know about Nordstrom's. Okay, maybe I don't know. Oh, that's off the top of my head, I don't know. Right, but listen, Sorry, the, obviously,
0: clearly, well, clearly, there aren't okay. enough. But there is isn't you know, enough. This which is absurd. Is bottom this line. is not choice, and right. this is only choice. And you know, of course, the rest of the world too. What are we doing? I mean, this should be something. And but they, they should. Every designer should have a, a collection, okay. and a line. And you're, you're, you know, you. It's just a smart business move. And not even like it's, it's not charity. Enough. It's no. business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's oh. it's a it's such. If I can tell. We could be millionaires right now if oh. we came up with
0: Billionaires, by, account, yeah. by but all accounts. Adaptive, account. adaptive clothes.
1: But Adaptive anything, period. Mm. Like this chain that I have on. Well, he this likes necklace. anything
0: that has Velcro and pops off quick. So <laughs> I mean, you know, Why
1: wouldn't anyone want his that? His pajamas are
0: like that. <laughs> not that you... I would, uh... <laughs> Just a disgrace.
2: I'm not going to rise anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like this necklace I have on right now um, has magnets to attach it together. And that was super easy for me. So you don't have to like some people can like you know clip their fingers for the clips on the chain um so little things like that it doesn't have to be ju- uh, it doesn't have to be clothing but it could be anything you can turn it into adaptive it's
2: this the moment you do the shout out for any wise investors out there with too much money sloshing around you don't know what to do with i've yeah, got a re- hit me you've up. got a really good business plan yes but, I've if, got they a do, but out if they there, do
0: what's gonna happen is they're gonna to come to me and and then we are going <laughs> together are going to work on a fantastic um you know NBJM collection. I hear, I feel it, I can see, I can just feel it coming. It's
2: just the American way of doing business. The Englishman has become so American. Well, you know, that's why it works so well. His English
0: accent works every time. Yeah, I I have a funny story about, you know, the the fashion and the fickleness of fashion. And I remember there was a time when I was a kid, I, I guess I was about 19 years old. I was a Valentino model. And I was in Rome, working for Valentino. And as you know as one of the fit models they were, this is before the show and they would try all the outfits on and we would work with the designers and then i would do the runway shows and what have you but i was standing there in rome at valentino's sort of i guess the house of valentina which was an amazing place and valentino had come to look at the outfits with me and there were the designers were there too and the whole group of people and in he comes and he has his dog oliver and um I'm standing there, with, and there are about six suits sprayed out at my feet, in sort of like, a, if you can imagine, they're sort of coming out like feathers out at the bottom. And he puts the dog down, and we're talking, and he's looking at the suits. And There's a gray one, there's a blue one, there's a black one, there's a pinstripe one. There's all these different suits. And Oliver the dog walks up, and he's a little pug dog, which, of course, Valentino is famous for, his pug dogs. And, in fact, Oliver is so famous that he's named an entire collection after Oliver the Oliver collection by Valentino, after his pug dog. And I wasn't fully aware of actually how important Valentino was when I was not old. I just was new to the fashion industry, and I kind of knew that he must be impressive because he had this great place that he worked in. And, you know, Valentino was a very famous name. Um, but his dog walked up to one of the suits and started to pee on it. And at the time, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is one of these suit, random, you know, special one-of-a-kind suit they're trying to make the connection for. And I remember with my foot going towards to sort of knock the dog off with my kick, kick the dog off the suit. Ah. As it, and as I went to do it, I lifted my foot up one of the other people who worked at Valentina looked at me and he saw my – he could see what I was doing he just looked at me and he shook his head very quickly, enough for me to get the idea that oh, okay. whatever you do, do not kick Valentino's dog, you know, whatever you do. And I sort of stopped and came, came back. And at that moment, you know, they, they picked up the dog and Valentina went, you're quite right, Oliver, that suit's horrible, out of the collection. Oh. And boom, <laughs> the suit was cut from the collection. Uh, by uh, the dog sort of basically deciding it was you know not time for that dog uh not time for that suit i mean it was a m- m- extraordinary moment for me and it, i remember as a kid thinking huh wow this is not an industry that i knew much about you know <laughs> that i, I, I I'm, I'm it's going to take me a lot to figure this out have you got any funny stories of people you've worked with and and and, and, and you know how things have t- turned out for you
1: I don't know if I can beat that story. And, uh, well, it's a pretty unusual one. I'm to it trying to me, it just sums up.
2: To me, it sums up my confusion over, ever since Nigel got into fashion you know, when he was about 13, when he left school. Um, <laughs> I didn't
0: leave school when I was 13, by the way. I, I mean, I was pretty smart, but sorry. 13 was a little sorry, young. Sorry,
2: 15 and a half.
1: <laughs> baby. Uh, no, 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 he was a bit older, I'm joking.
2: Um, <laughs> and when he got into fashion, and I've ever since been trying to explain to him you know, that, I, that I'm ignorant to the, the ways of fashion, please try and explain it to me. To this day... That's probably the closest I've come to describing the insanity of surrounding of of fashion is that story about Valentino and his dog. I mean, that to me, exactly a man, a creator dictating what suit goes in his collection by whether his dog pees
0: on it. That's amazing. Is that some fashion up?
1: Sounds very much like Valentino though.
0: Hey, I mean, but the fashion is full of sort of wonderful and amazing and, you know, and the crazies do. I mean, there are the but the crazy's also the genius, right? That, that's yeah. all a part of it. And and you know, for all I know, he probably just didn't like that suit, you know. And like, there's me thinking, it, putting it all down to the dog, when in fact Valentino just didn't like the suit, you know. He knew the dog needed to go to the bathroom, so he just put it on top of the suit and he thought that would be easier instead of telling this young English designer from Saint Martins, who's probably designed the suit for Valentino, you oh, no. know, that it's not going to work. I'm just going to have my dog, dog, dog pee on it. on it, you know. So it's actually all quite brilliant and not that crazy, you know. So there's there are always two sides yeah, to yeah, any yeah, story, yeah. but it was one of those moments for me where I was like, okay this is an industry that I really know nothing about and I'm not sure that I ever will, but I loved it.
1: Yeah, I mean in the industry I think that's what I, why I gravitated gravitated? Is that a word?
0: It is now. You <laughs> gravitated by the way, that's how you're going to go up the stairs at the Met Ball. You're going to gravitate all the way to the top. It's going to be brilliant. We're going to trademark our, our that. <laughs> dictionary <laughs> like
1: um, uh, um I think that's why I love the industry so much because it was so wacky.
0: Levitate, by the way, was the word we were looking. I levitated. Gravitate, gravitate.
1: gravitate. Um, w- why I loved it so much because it was things that I thought in my mind there were absolutely insane. Yet I would w- like see it on fashion TV or um, you know walking in New York City anywhere or going to events. It's you never know who you bump into. I went to an event once and I had a whole conversation with Leonardo DiCaprio. Just another day in the life, which was absolutely insane. Was he interesting? What
2: did, was he interesting oh, to super. talk to? Him? Yeah. Oh, we talked he about seemed, climate change. Did he? Yeah. He looks like he'd be good. He'd be a good, uh, um, conversation, oh, good conversation. super
1: interesting oh. conversation. While like Drake music was extremely playing in the background. But boom! boom <laughs> exactly. Boom.
0: <laughs> So talk about streetwear then. I mean, I'm always fascinated with sneaker drops, you know, the, the sort of supreme craze. Mm. You, know, the, the, you know, my son is totally into these sort of sneakers and, and the drops and, you know, hundreds of dollars spent on these sneakers and, and the, you know, buying them now. And then all of a sudden they pop up on other websites for hundreds of dollars more. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I've even went to a place where they had a $50,000 pair of sneakers you know, oh, wow. um, oh, in the city. Oh yes. And this is not unusual. There were many pairs of shoes, which were 10,000 and above, and they were one-offs and they were sort of collaborations with cool people. And, you know, what, 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 what you, in your mind, you, I mean, I understand that the business behind it is a very special, unique business of mm-hmm. a limited number, you know, uh, the, the exclusivity, the rarity, the cool factor, but you know, I remember when I grew up, kids were getting killed sometimes See, for their that's sneakers. See, l-
1: that's the first thing I went to in my mind. I mean, mind you, when I was younger, I used to like beg my mom for a Pepe jeans, and if you remember. Pepe
0: I jeans. do remember Pepe oh, jeans. They were the yeah. first ones to do the acid of like the acid wash, um, and they were you know they also came with a belt.
1: Yeah, so I wanted everything. Two for one. <laughs> <laughs> Love a deal. Exactly. I wanted everything. I wanted the jacket. I wanted the pants. And I didn't grow. And I, how how would I explain it? I grew up in a family very modest. Very, we didn't have that much money. Um, so at the time, I mean, I don't know how much it was, but it was like two hundred dollars pairs of jeans that my mom definitely couldn't afford. But I really wanted to because of the cool factor, because of the rarity. Um, who knows where those jeans are now? But um, it's bizarre to me as a grown up because I know, you know. How those shoes are made?
0: No, right, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, hopefully, it's such a cringy sw- moment. Ho- hopefully, sort of sweatshop-free. You know, and, 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 and well, that's the thing. I mean, there there are there are many things that we need to clean up in the fashion industry, and mm-hmm. you know, it's not just who who we're dressing and how we're dressing and, and choice, but actually where the materials are coming 100%. from and who's actually creating them themselves in, in what conditions. 100%. You know, and it's it's not a very well policed industry and I think that there are a lot of things like that need to change and of course in the US things are perhaps are a little bit better than they are in other parts of the world but there are a lot of holes in the business and there's things we need to change and Jillian I've got to say you are making you know big waves Thank you. and making a big difference and I'd love to ask you just really what is the one thing you would like to tell people you know someone like for example like my daughter who looks up to you uh, as is what is how what they should be doing what they should be thinking when it comes to making a difference
1: i mean it, it honestly comes with like internal first i think for me it it wasn't something that i was like one morning was like i'm gonna you know change the world it definitely had to do with a lot of like self-love and a lot of like you know getting ready for something that extremely affects me emotionally and mentally and, you know, trying to come, like, ninja all these people that are against me 24-7 and testing, you know, whether I'm doing this for myself or doing this for, like, a bigger cause. Um, it's a constant struggle. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are insecure because of that. Because, you know, apparently this world doesn't want people who are different, who maybe like math more than they like fashion. And that's absolutely fine. Um so if there's a, you know I tell I tell people who are younger that as long as you love something with all your heart and soul no one should stop you from it. Um because that's exactly how I got to where I am. I was sick and tired of people giving me a book about how I should live my life or you know where I should go or what career path would be better for me when I know what's better for me. Um and 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 that's the point is to, we have this one life that we know of. Why not like
2: live it in the way you want?
1: Yeah. Why not live Wh- it the way you want? You are. It? No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter if mm. you two feet tall or 10 feet tall.
2: Ultimately, it's your choice as well. I mean, you've got eight, 80, let's say, you know, how many odd years you've got, you, we don't know.
1: And, and understand your privilege too. I, I check mm. myself with privilege all the time. Because I live in New York, because, you know, I have a family and a roof over my head and food. You know, I know that I am very privileged to have those things. And if I have the opportunity to give a hand to someone or give a voice to someone that doesn't, it's not going to cost me anything.
0: Well, we are very privileged Keep to have you. Huge admiration
2: for that. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah, we are no. very privileged to have you on Shaken and stirred You're shaking up the fashion world. You're staring up this particular show. Look, continue making waves. I think you're extraordinary, and I think the world does too. We need many, many more people like you, and uh, keep inspiring. Thank you so thank, much, Gillian McCarthy.
1: Thank you for having me, yeah. guys. This is fun. Yeah.
0: Rock Brilliant. that fashion world.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> chin, chin, old boy.